Beloved congregation of the Lord Jesus Christ, one thing that everyone in this world needs is hope. If you don't have any hope in life, then life doesn't seem worth living at all. Consider only the words of Proverbs 17, verse 22. A joyful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. Or take these words from Proverbs 18, verse 14. A man's spirit will endure sickness, but a crushed spirit, who can bear? Person without hope. Now, our text this morning uh, also describes a people who are without hope. We see them in verse 79 of Zechariah's prophecy. They are sitting in darkness. They are alive, but death is nearby, and its long shadow wraps them in complete gloom. You might think that you don't know these people, but the reality is that they describe you. Or to put it better, this would be who you are, without Christmas. And by Christmas, I don't mean trees and presents and Santa Claus. I mean this would be you without the birth of Jesus Christ, sitting in darkness with the shadow, the long shadow of death, um, completely covering you in its dark grip. See, if God did not send Christ, we would all be without hope sitting in this dark state. In Ephesians 2, Paul describes the reality for the Ephesian Christians before they came to know Jesus Christ. He says, Remember that you were at one time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. That would be us without the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ into this world, without hope, without God in the world. And so that's the very reason why we rejoice at Christmas and why we celebrate. God did not leave us alone simply to die in our sins, to perish forever. But instead, he renewed our hope by sending his son to save us. And that's what our text this morning is all about as well. Luke 1, the verses 68 to 79, contains Zechariah's prophecy after the birth of his son, John. Perhaps we can call it Zechariah's song of hope, for that's really at the heart of it, a song of of hope. Listen only to the words of our text, Zechariah prophesies, and you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people in the forgiveness of their sins. See, God has given us knowledge of salvation. And that doesn't mean that he's just given us some facts to know about how we are saved. It means he's shown us that salvation is a sure reality for you who believe 
Because God has forgiven your sins in Jesus Christ. You see, as he says here, the forgiveness of our sins is unto salvation. So that when our sins are forgiven, there's now nothing stopping us from being accepted by God. And this is the good news. People sitting in the darkness of the shadow of death need to hear. The sting of death has been removed by Christ through the forgiveness of our sins. That's what Scripture, the language sometimes Scripture uses. Well, the sting of death, 1 Corinthians 15 calls uh, sin, the sting of death. uses that word sting. Now, think of a bee sting or a wasp sting for a moment. I'm sure many of us, or even most of us, have been stung by a wasp before. It's a nasty feeling. Uh, But this past summer, I learned about a special tool. It's a bee sting removal uh, tool. It extracts the wasp venom through a suction action, removing uh, the sting and the the venom. I've never tried one before, but it sounds like a handy tool. We have something far greater with the blood of Christ. This is essentially what the blood of Christ has done with the sting of death, which is sin. Christ's blood has removed our sins by its cleansing work, and so death's sting is now gone. To be sure, believers still die, but Christ's work ensures that our death will not be forever. So death will not have the ultimate victory, and this disperses the gloomy shadow death once wrapped us in. Why has God done this for us? Why has God done that for you? You know, what moved him to send his son to die in our place? Well, the answer is found in God himself. Listen to what Zechariah prophesies next. He says, you will give knowledge of salvation to the Lord's people and the forgiveness of their sins because of the tender mercy of our God. Now, in the Bible times, they had a way of speaking about uh, compassion, the tender mercy described here. They described it as a strong sense of pity felt in the innermost part of a person. Literally, it's a feeling deep inside a person's gut where they're just moved with compassion to act toward a person. And that's what's described of God here. That's why he sent his son into this world. He acts to save us because of the deep compassion he has in his own being. And we see that more uh, from the Lord throughout Scripture. This is what caused God to save his people in the past. One great example of this compassion is when Israel was enslaved in Egypt. Exodus 2 says, Israel groaned because of their slavery and cried out for help. They could not help themselves. And their cry for rescue from slavery came up to God. And God heard their groaning and God remembered his covenant. And God saw the people of Israel. And God knew. He knew their oppression. He knew their slavery. And so God then acted to save his people from their bondage. 
This is the same mercy and compassion showed by our Lord Jesus Christ. Matthew 9 says that when Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, he went teaching and preaching. And he healed every person troubled by disease and every affliction, every affliction that people uh, had. And says, when he saw the crowds in this wretched state, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And that's what we have in our salvation. God looked upon us who were sitting in darkness and in the shadow of death, unable to save ourselves, we who made ourselves most miserable. Yes, we were sitting in darkness because of our own sin. Yes, we put ourselves in that hopeless position because we rebelled against Almighty God. But God did not condemn us. In His mercy, He still looked upon us, wretched sinners, in compassion. It's not because you or I am so lovable, it's because He is so loving. And in his love, he sent his Son to rescue us from eternal death. Notice how the Holy Spirit describes uh, this sending, uh, that sending of the Son of God uh, through the mouth of Zechariah. He says, Because of the tender mercy of our God, whereby the sunrise shall visit us from on high. Now think of that, that image for a moment. Uh, normally, when you look for the sunrise to happen, where do you look? Well, you look horizontally. You look uh, outward. But this sunrise is different. For this sunrise, you look vertically. You look upward. And that's because <clears throat> this sunrise is the coming of the Son of God from highest heaven. <clears throat> that's what the Son of God did. He left his position of eternal glory in the highest heaven and came down to this earth to rescue people sitting in darkness, you and me. And he came to earth to shine the light of salvation on poor, miserable sinners who could not save themselves. And how does he do this? How does he shine this light on us? <clears throat> well, he does this by directing our attention and our trust, our faith, to his own death for us on the cross. Think, think for a moment how the Lord Jesus died. There Jesus was crucified on the cross, and he hung in agony. And as he hung there, <clears throat> nailed to that cross, Luke 23 says this, It was about the sixth hour, and there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour, while the sun's light failed. You see, Christ not only hung in the shadow of death, but the darkness of death and God's judgment swallowed him up completely as he hung from the cross in complete darkness with darkness covering the land. 
And it's by entering into that darkness of death that he shines the light of salvation on us. Where he tells us, look to me, you who sit in darkness. Look at how I died for you. I died in darkness so that you would not have to sit in the darkness of your sin and misery with no salvation. The way out of the gloomy darkness of death is by trusting in my death for you. And that's the same message we receive through the celebration of the Lord's Supper this morning too. Christ shines the light of salvation on poor sinners by pointing us to himself. He says, look at my sacrifice. This is the light of salvation here in front of you. Look to my sacrifice for the forgiveness of your sins. They are forgiven through my blood. So let's do that, beloved. Look to Jesus Christ. He died in darkness for you. And it's through the light of this good news of Christ that he guides us into the path of peace, as the last words of our text describe. This peace Christ leads us to is a complete contrast to what we had without him. Remember, at one time we were separated from Christ uh, without hope, without God in the world. People who sit in darkness, how, how are they described? Well, they are people who are scared. They don't know their way. They're uneasy, constantly on edge. They have no peace in themselves. But the light of salvation changes this for us. We can now have peace. <clears throat> Christ has reconciled us to God. He's healed our, our relationship. And that changes everything. This, is a, this peace is a complete, uh, it's a complete wholeness. It's a flourishing, spiritual flourishing, a harmony. In Hebrew, it's a word called shalom. Maybe you've heard that word before. It's complete harmony that we can have. And we can have, and we now have peace with God through Christ. And so at the end of the day, we will be okay. Beloved, that is why we celebrate the birth of Christ into this world. He came to rescue people sitting in darkness. He came to give us light and eternal hope. Amen. <clears throat> <clears throat> Let us now respond to the preaching of God's Word by singing hymn 18, stanzas 2 and 3.